big love and great respect, welcome to the Aligned Boss Tribe podcast. Each week, this is where conscious leaders, driven creators, and spiritual entrepreneurs come to learn, grow, and refill their cup. I'm your host, David Lombard. Let's get into the show. Official relaunch, and I'm so pumped because I have my friend who I met last year in a high level business mastermind program. Um, and you know, on this path, it's so funny how you never know who you're going to meet and when you're going to meet them, but when you're in that place to be there to receive who they are, you can learn so much. And so, I want to introduce to the podcast, seven-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championship, founder of Jiu-Jitsu Accelerator, social media sage, and heart-centered human who leads with service and humility. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart because I watch how you roll, Kendall, and it's it's just an absolute inspiration. So welcome to the Lion Boss Tribe podcast, Kendall Ruzin. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. What a warm welcome. That was so kind and sweet of you. Yeah, it's we um, we met what earlier this year, right? Earlier this year, and have been kind of keeping in touch since then. It's been great to watch you, and the content you put out always speaks to me. And so, just happy to connect again. Thank you. I'm receiving that. And for those of you who are just joining in, yes, there's going to be the new podcast equipment is coming. You can see right over there. There's the old <laughs> microphone, which doesn't fit a new MacBook Pro. Who would have known? That's on the way. New headphones, which are also right over there. New headphones are coming. It's all coming because I already know in the comments, you're going to be like, good job, bro, but let's get some audio going. So we will have that. It's on the way. Hopefully, we can make the best of this. And I know this will serve you guys because just like I said, the, 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 the living example and the heart of service, and it's really about who we're bringing to the table. And so, yeah, so we met last summer, Team Ballers. This, yes, so this is May 23rd, last, last May 23rd. Year, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, who was, when we met in Team Ballers, who, who is Kendall May 23rd of 2021? And who is Kendall May 23rd, 2022? Wow. It's been quite a journey. <laughs> I would say, um, I've actually gone from launching Jiu-Jitsu Accelerator to reeling it back in and wait and then planning a relaunch and then not relaunching and now waiting until the end of this year because things in my personal life just got so big and really required a lot of my attention. Um, and honestly, that took a lot of courage for me too. Like it's it's so funny. I've been seeing other people that I respect in the space lately kind of saying stuff about, wow, my self-esteem, my um, identity is really around doing and going and driving and achieving and accomplishing. And so it takes a lot of courage to pull back and slow down and just to sink mm. into that groundedness. And so for me, I've been finding a lot of groundedness, um, but a lot's happened along the way. I won some big tournaments. I traveled a lot, like in the last, since we've talked, like when we first started that program, I was in Abu Dhabi. And then basically since then, I don't think I've been in California where I live um, two weeks in a row, like at, at all since then, until now, until now. So now I got home a couple of weeks ago from one last final trip and I was like, okay, I'm staying put. I'm not going anywhere um, until September, until like August, September. And so anyway, 
coming full circle, I am a lot more grounded. I've made some mistakes along the way. I've had some big wins along the way. I've had to surrender a lot along the way um, and change my path a little bit. I've built an incredible new team around me as far as like new somatic therapists, new mindset coaches, new um, new meal prep sponsor recently, like just a lot of support wow. for me um, as to kind of help me not even just to be a better leader, just to be like a better person and to have my head screwed on straight and to get quiet and grounded. So that's where we're at. I was in do mode. Now I'm in um, support mode for myself. So it's been beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. And what I'm hearing from you is, is like, so much of your life because you started training and actually, well, I'll finish this and then I just want to make sure so everyone can hear. Do you by chance see a little audio? Is there any option to turn your mic up at all? It might be fine. I just want to make sure because it looks like my audio is going. Let's see. When I am talking out, for some reason, I don't see the audio. You, Yeah, it should be fine. Like, let me double check. Make I'm sure. just trusting that uh, they're both green. And so, hey, folks, this is, this is on the fly. This is what happens doing the thing. Yeah, it's it's not pop, popping up like I okay. know exactly what you're talking about, but it but it looks like I'm on. So hopefully it's good. Yeah, no, you're green. It's just showing the audio waves only on mine. Mm -hmm. Anyway, getting back to it. Sorry about that, folks. So, yes, what I'm hearing is going from being you know, doing, 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 doing to really catching up with yourself in so many ways. And you hit on a lot of things I was going to bring up and will. Um, and by the way, congrats on your invite to uh, ADCC. Thank you. Absolutely. That was a great, man, that's a crazy story of surrender in itself because I had to like pull out of the trials last second, the morning of due to a big injury. And I had to like meditate and pray that morning about it because I've always just gone straight ahead. That was like kind of the catalyst of a lot of this change that's been happening, um, which I think is really important to touch on because that morning, you know, I, I had had like a big back injury from a chiropractor a couple weeks before in the UK. And I was like, man, this timing couldn't be worse. I'm going into ADCC trials, which for listeners, that's basically like the Olympics of jujitsu. It's as big as it gets for us. And I've been, I watched ADCC, the actual tournament when I, for the first time when I was seven or eight. And then ever since then, I wanted to be in it. And then I've been going to the trials now for six years. It happens every two years. And I took second in 2017, 2019, I, um, had two ribs pull off of my sternum a couple days before so I couldn't compete. And then this year I did the East Coast trials and won, but that doesn't qualify you for ADCC for the women. It's kind of like a practice division because our divisions are smaller. So right. I won that. Then I get to ADCC trials. I'm like, man, it's been six years of me trying to get this goal. I'm the number one seed. Everyone thinks I'm supposed to win. Everything's looking good. Um, but I had this huge injury no one knew about except for my team. And I go in the first day when I'm kind of blast through, you know, the first day of the tournament. But in my final match on the first day, I felt this big pop in my back when I was rotating to one side to the other in the match. And then after that, basically, I couldn't walk. I was crawling to the bathroom. I was stuck in bed. I was totally immobile. So that morning, you can imagine, I'm like, man, I've been trying to do this my entire life, especially in the last six years. This is my time. I'm supposed to be there in my mind. And I woke up that morning and like praying for answers and just like, what do I do? Because I could risk permanent, you know, damage to my spine and all these things. And, um, and I made the decision not to do it, which was a big deal for me because every time I've ever had an injury, I just pushed through. And so it was like a kind of a signal or a sign for me that I was, um, breaking a cycle. 
for the first time, like breaking a really hardwired cycle that I've had my entire life. So I pulled out, but then it took weeks to get this invitation. So we thought I might get invited. I'm watching the tournament in my hotel room, like crying, like all day, like watching this thing. And I'm like, takes weeks. And then it gets announced. And it was this man, I never happy cry. I wish I did. Cause I love crying. I like how it feels, but I have a hard time with it. And I like, I, they called me in the middle of a training session. I'm not training, but I'm just there with my team. And I was like, I started teared up a little bit. hugged my team. Everyone was cheering. It was a huge deal, but it was such this big confirmation of like, you broke a cycle. And like the universe has your back like this, like this was meant to happen. Like you did not need to go permanently injure your spine to do this. Like this, we got you, we, we got your back. It's okay. And every other time before that I didn't make it in, there was like, it all led to this time making it in. So it's not to say like, even if I hadn't gotten invited, you know, whatever it would have, life would have gone on and it wouldn't have been the path for the moment mm -hmm. that I needed to have right now. But in this moment, it was a beautiful confirmation of like, you're breaking some cycles and like, you got this babe, like we're proud of you. So it felt, you know, it felt very, very good. So I wanted to share that because it was really- I love, 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 love that because I mean, breaking cycles, we're, we all are breaking cycles and especially people who are tuning into this or like up leveling and really not just up leveling, but be, be getting into that witness consciousness, seeing themselves down there like, oh, look at that. Look how things have changed. Like I can yeah. see it. I don't have to be in it, but I can see it about to happen. And, and that's, I love hearing that. How is that framed kind of the lens of, that you look through, that you look at everything through now, mm -hmm. knowing that it, that it's happening for a reason. And, and how does the world look different? How does each area of life look different now that you kind of have those different lenses on? So it's kind of interesting. I have always um, chosen to have faith that everything happens as it should. And it's all kind of, Everything is orchestrated for the higher good at all at all times, even though I do believe we have freedom of choice. I think that we do have freedom of choice. Yes. And then like the universe or God or spirit or whatever you call it or science, it just kind of knocks things back into place as they should be. And so you can choose to try to be in as much alignment with it as possible and surrender to that. Or you can fight it and it's a little more painful, <laughs> but right. you're going to get knocked into place anyway. Right. Um, so that being said, it's really easy to believe that everything happens for a reason or everything happens in an aligned way when you don't have a choice because it's kind of your only option to stay sane. So when bad things happen that are out of your control, it's like, well, of course that that's the place to go mentally because that's the way that brings, that's what brings me the most peace. This was a way different experience for me because it was a choice. It was like, I'm making this, I mean, kind of, I couldn't move, but in my mind, it was a choice because I was going to do it no matter what. I was going to go out there and fall on my face or just die trying. So, I mean, I've been trying to do this since I was five years old is the Olympics for me. Right. So, um, so this was a choice though. And so I'm literally sitting there in my meditation that morning and I'm like, no, I'm not sitting, I'm laying down because I couldn't sit up straight, but I'm laying down and I'm like, I have to choose to believe that this is going to work out in my highest favor and in the highest favor of, of everybody involved if I make the decision that is right for my body, there are times to grind it out. There are times to push and have that glorious story. I've had so many of those in my lifetime where it's like, push, 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 drive, 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 be resilient. And then you get the big thing. And that's great. But I just had the sense of like, this is not that, this is not the time for that. This is time to make a choice and show and show your maturity. Really? Like, are you ready to move to the next step? Are you ready to break some cycles? Are you ready to up level, um, in who you are as a person and spiritually? And so it was like, 
that's a big question. Like, are you ready? I'm like, well, damn, I don't know. Because what if I do and then I regret it? You know, what if I regret this forever? Like, this could be my last chance. Like, all these things run through your mind. So what it meant to me was I made the choice. I broke the cycle. The universe had my back. I felt rewarded. I felt like, wow, okay, this was a confirmation that now what I'm able to do, I'm kind of, I've actually had like a really painful, I would say, sort of spiritual awakening. Like, I hesitate to use that phrase because it gets a lot of stigma, but a really big awakening personally and spiritually um, and physically, it just everything. My life has shifted so much in the last six months. And that was right kind of towards the end of it that pushed it over the edge. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I now get to build a sense of trust with myself that I actually know how to make the right decisions that are going to be in line yeah. with it. So trusting that things are going to work out for the, for the greater good, not just as a default, but even when I make choices. So now like I've recently ended a relationship. I've recently made some decisions in my personal life and my business life. And also my, my camp for ACC, I've made a lot of new choices in the last couple of months. And it's been a lot of that of like, okay, this is painful or this is really uncomfortable or I'm really unsure of this, but I trust my decision-making skills, my inner compass, because now I make decisions out of groundedness rather than adrenaline as much as I can anyway. And, um, and I trust that it's going to work out not as a default, as a choice. So that was I a lot of Cause you're literally hitting on probably 10 of the questions that I was going <laughs> to ask, like, like regulating the nervous system, trusting your intuition. What does it feel? You know, there's, you're like going right through it. So I'm just going to freestyle. Cause I know we have 30 minutes. I do really want to ask you some of these, but like, I feel like it comes out perfectly as it should. Well, so we can dig it? in on any of the parts too. It's more of like, this is all happening at the same time. So we're perfect. We're on the same wavelength. It's awesome. Absolutely. And so I think there's a lot of people who are listening in and, and maybe somewhat newer to this work, maybe not, but this whole idea, they're pulled into this idea of listening to their intuition, following their alignment, following that some, maybe it's, you know, somatic feeling in their sternum, following their gut learning to trust themselves, learning to hear what that voice sounds like, right? And then the practices in life to be able to better hear that, as you said, inner compass. So what does it feel like now to be able to do that? And what things what things are non-negotiables for you in your life now that support you in your ability to hear that inner compass? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a lot of the work I'm doing right now. And I would definitely let's go back later to the um to the nervous system stuff because that's really fascinating to oh too. it's on there <laughs> <laughs> but the, i just don't want to forget but it has and then it's really related too because a lot of the things that are non-negotiable for me as far as getting intuition have to do with regulating the nervous system um but right now man i remember like when i was um around when i was younger a couple of years ago like 19 18 i ended up in uh, an abusive relationship and i remember the entire relationship this is a common story people have where they have these kind of intuitive thoughts and they're like oh maybe this is wrong or maybe that and they shut it down because love as we know is a drug and and sex is a drug and all these chemicals are running very high and you hope for the best and a lot of times you're young naive you haven't had that much experience right so um especially if you have an addictive personality and i absolutely have a lot of addiction uh like genetically but also you know my own recovery with eating disorder so i was very susceptible to being like in a vulnerable position with that and getting attached to a person. The reason I bring that up is because I use that experience. I kind of look back and I'm like, that was my intuition. Like as a, as a young kid, 
and going into like my teenage years, I am 24 now. I always had a very strong sense of intuition and I was always a very spiritual kid. I would like talk about Lumbaria and past lives and stuff my entire childhood. Um, <laughs> my mom was a PhD in Jungian psychology. So thank God she was able to kind of like <laughs> help me navigate and just create space for me right. um, to be as I was. But because other parents might've been like, what the hell? <laughs> so I'm really lucky, but that relationship taught me a lot because it was the first time my intuition screamed at me and I didn't listen because I was mm -hmm. really good at being in tune with myself growing up because um, I didn't know any different and my parents supported it. But looking back at that relationship, that was the first time where I was like, I had all these intuitive thoughts that I just shoved off to the side. So that's a good baseline for me to look back at. So I think for people listening who maybe have a hard time dealing or um, tuning in is like, for me, it helps to think of past experiences where I didn't listen to my intuition and I noticed afterward and be like, okay, well, what did that sound like? What did that feel like? What was I, what was I not pushing to uh, pushing aside because I didn't want to hear it. Um, so that's number one, but now like, and honestly, I just got of another recent relationship where I had not in, not in the same capacity of abusive or anything, but just like there were these intuitive thoughts, you know, like throughout the entire thing from start to finish where I was like, ignoring these things and making up stories to negotiate, negotiate with myself. So, yeah. okay. So now to get to concrete stuff, it's like, what do we actually do? Number one, when I have any thoughts that I have, I don't label them as good or bad. And I don't negotiate with them. I just observe them. Like I had plans to do something this weekend and I immediately had this thought the other day. And I was like, it was like, don't do that. And I was like, mm, that's weird. Like, why would I not go on this trip? Like, I really want to go on this trip. It sounds really fun. And it was just like, don't do that. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to negotiate with this. I'm not going to argue with it because I don't have to decide right now. So let me just let it settle. And then like, I was like, I, I set an intention before I went to bed. I was like, if I'm supposed to know more about this, like, please help me have a dream that I remember. Or maybe my morning meditation, like have it come to me in my morning meditation because um, this is really con like, uh, feels like contradict con feels like a contradiction because I really want to do this thing. Yeah. And then I had this meditation this morning, immediately my meditation is like, you are not to do this. You're not to go on this trip. Not right now. You know, not right now. Like you just don't. And I was like, okay. All right. So nice. for me, yeah. And, and, and that I used to argue and negotiate with because I would be like, no, this is what I want. You don't understand. <laughs> and, you, me and everybody else. Yep. And it's totally. crazy because dude, one of the biggest examples morning of ADCC trials, the one we just talked about, I woke up in the morning and it was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, let me get into a meditation and hear what spirit has to tell me. And I go into this meditation. And literally, I'm like sitting there and the words are like, bitch, we already told you. <laughs> Stop trying to pray for a new answer. The answer is still no. Like the answer <laughs> is no. But the only way I get to that and the concrete thing that helps and may help somebody else is not pushing the thoughts away because at the end of the day, like I used to push them away because I felt like if I accepted them that I had to do what they said, I had to listen. And that was too scary for me when you're going through something you really care about because it's like, right. wait, I just push them away so I don't have to think about it. It's like, actually, those thoughts are safe with me. And if I choose to ignore it, I can still choose to make that other decision, totally. but I at least need to witness it. I need to create space for it, write it down, witness it, tell a friend, tell someone safe, like, Hey, I'm having this feeling. I don't know if I'm going to do what it says, but I just want to say this out loud. Yeah. And then the process gets faster. The more I do that, then mm -hmm. I can kind of start to gauge what's maybe a thought out of our adrenaline, a knee jerk thing. And what's actually intuition, Sure. you know, cause there's both. Sometimes the knee jerk reaction feels like intuition and it's really not. So letting it settle, 
doing some meditation on it, doing some writing. But really the major thing is just creating space to let it exist and not making it right or wrong before you know. That's the main. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And that's, it's such a practice. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much practical tips in there. It's so, it's so high level, but it's so applicable for anybody. And it's like, first things first, let's look back at that time that I didn't listen to my gut. Yeah. I had for me, the, the thing that stands out the most is I had a business situation a little over three years ago where not listening to my gut cost me lots and lots and lots of money. And you know, but again, I always tell people that was people like, oh, that's so bad. It's so bad. And I don't look at it that way. I'm like, had that not happened? I mean, that was the greatest but most expensive lesson yeah. in listening to my gut. Um, okay, so we have a lot of this. A lot of these topics are in here. I want to touch on a couple of things and I want to make be sure to respect you uh, in your time right now because we've got, let's see how much time we've got left. Do me one favor, if you would. If you can hit your, just I just want to try this, your yeah. computer volume, you probably already did this, make sure it's all the way up if you could. All the way up. Yeah. yeah. We are all the way up and okay. I just muted and unmuted my microphone. Cool, cool, cool. I figured you were. All right. So just for a second, switching gears and it'll lead right back in. What did traveling the world look like to you before you did it professionally as that child dreaming? And what does it mean to you now? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, I've pretty much the majority of my travel, like 99%, I think I can think of like one or two trips um, of my travel is has been around my sport or work. And I would say that in the past, I never really let myself like enjoy the, the place that I was in. It was always just about like getting the job done. And some of that was like a little bit out of my control too, especially when I would travel with like USA wrestling and stuff, because you don't get to book your flights or anything like that. So you're kind of in and out and you're cutting weight and whatever, um, and getting ready to compete and then you go home. But I would say like now I make a point cause I would always like go somewhere cool and then I'll compete. And then I'll be like, Oh, you know what? I should come back on an actual trip here so I can enjoy it. And then I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually going to get to ever come back, you know? So now I'm like, and this, some of this came with more financial freedom and like more opportunity as far as like being able to control my schedule. But now I'm like, you know what? Like I'm going to book an extra day. I'm going to stay an extra two days. I'm going to stay an extra three days or I'm going to, when I'm there, if I can't do that, like I'm going to create blocks of time or skip this part of the event or do that and like go out on a walk and just like see Love where that. I'm at. And a big part of that, uh, comes with like doing it myself, but also picking people to travel with who, who want to do that too. Because yeah. um, being in that, to like for me, it's a little, to like it got toxic for me to be in the like, I only get to enjoy it if I'm winning. And if I'm losing, like the whole trip is like bullshit. Like, I can I see that. Yeah, such a duality. Yeah, that makes total yeah. sense. And I love that. Like, I love that how the people made, made the difference too. And you, people, you know. Yeah. They make I a big mean, difference because it's like if you're going like say for like someone who doesn't do sports like if you're say you're traveling to Tokyo to do a like big business negotiation right and it's like a lot of money and it's a big deal it's like it would be like if you go and you do the negotiation and it goes well then you get to go out and like explore Tokyo but if you go and you don't get it or it doesn't go well or you don't get the result you want it's like you're just gonna sit in your hotel room for the next day and then go yeah. home and be like fuck this yeah. hotel. how you, you know, go like, into that's it. How it was. Yeah, yeah, going into it compulsively versus consciously. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. What do the rituals and mindset of a world champion really look like compared to what most people might think? Um, <laughs> I would say I am like, like 
I might be in a smaller percentage of the category as far as um, how I view things because I am like a very spiritual person, whereas a lot of athletes, not that there aren't a lot that are, but that would say the majority of athletes are more like in the David Goggins kind of vibe, which is really cool. And that's been beneficial to me in certain ways, but it doesn't serve me anymore. Um, Well, you know, some of it does, some of it doesn't take what you like and leave the rest kind of vibe with that. But um, I would say now, like my rituals and stuff, like I have a non-negotiable, um, like 30 minutes to an hour in the morning that's like just dedicated to my own spiritual practice like a morning routine and i would say well and and claps yes but also i didn't always have that and there's been seasons in my life where it comes and goes sometimes it's 15 minutes sometimes it's an hour and 15 minutes like right now i need a lot of time it's like an hour and a half like i need that. i'm with you i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm you're talking to the per like i'm with yeah. you too uh people are like anyway mm-hmm. carry on but then there have been times where it's like I'm in a busy new relationship or I'm like traveling a lot and it's like, I need to prioritize sleep. And so then that turns into like a 10 minute morning routine. Right. Like it, there are certain times. So I would say like, that's a big one. Um, a non-negotiable for me as far as what's like a little more standard is in like rituals and stuff is my self-talk and my body language when I'm training is the number one most important thing, way more important than what I'm actually accomplishing technically is what I'm saying to myself during training in between rounds. If I get taken down, if I get tapped out, all those kinds of things. Um, I train like my competitors are in the room. So I train. Can like you some- give me an example? That sounds super yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I train like someone I've lost to is like in the room sitting there watching me. And for some people that might feel negative, but for me, like too much pressure for me, it feels good because I'm like, I'm like, fuck yeah, I want you to watch me train because I want you to be scared because I train like an animal. Like I want you to see what I'm doing, you know? So the self-talk, like if I'm in between rounds, it doesn't matter if I'm dog tired. Like when you see CrossFit people finish a thing and they fall on the ground, like that's how we feel, right? It's like, I'm up, I'm breathing, like I'm tying my hair, I'm picking a new partner before I even go get my water. Like my chest is up and I could be the most dead person in the room. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to show it because I'm training this for a competition. And also it helps me perform better in training because I feel better. And then I'm going to get my water. And then the things I'm saying to myself is just like, I'm the best. I'm the champion. Um, like I'm never too tired to win. I'm the ADC. I'm the 2022 ADCC champion. Those kinds of things. Everyone has different key stuff that works for them, but I keep mine like sweet, short and sweet. Um, I'm willing to fail. Like I, I'm okay with failure. Um, I'm, you know, willing to dare greatly. Like I want this more than anyone else. There's just a couple things that always kind of come up for me. Yeah. And those are really powerful. Yeah. And this is a big deal for people listening. This is anchoring. This is a concept: neural linking, neural anchoring, and As I'm sure, Kendall, you would probably attest, the more you say that, the more it goes from like when you first start saying things like that, at least in my experience and some others, it's like, yeah, okay, dude, until it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, until it becomes auto-suggestion, right? And it's just like identity. Yeah, and then to that point too, it also happens outside of training. Like it just becomes your automatic response. Like actually one thing that would be really fascinating maybe for some listeners is I'm working with my mental performance coach right now around my injury because I have a back injury and I have ADCC, my biggest competition of ever the Olympics for me in September. So, and I had a back injury that like I was pretty immobile for a long time. I still can't train at capacity at all. So we've worked on shifting from how am I going to win ADCC with this? Like the kind of the typical, like, what can I do around this? Can I watch film? Can I do that? Like, what can I do around my back injury? That's very normal and it's okay. But we changed it from that to now my statement that I say every morning with a couple other statements is 
I am the, I'm the 2022 ADCC champion because of my back injury. I'm so lucky I have this injury because it's what's going to help me win in September. And that seems silly for me until I put concrete reasons to it and I rewire the way I'm thinking about it. Because now the way that I have these concrete phrases is like, um, I'm sorry, the concrete reasons why is like the practice was why is this actually lucky for me? Okay. Well, because, because I have this back injury, like I hired this, well, for one thing, I hired a mental performance coach. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't hurt. Cause I would have felt great. You know, yeah. um, there's all these different things. I don't want to spend too much time on that particularly, but there's all these different things that once I put pen to paper and put concrete reasons down now, when I say the phrase, I actually buy it. I actually believe it yeah. and it's real. And now anytime I'm like, Ooh, I'm kind of sitting in an uncomfortable position or like it's getting to the point where anytime I think about my back, it's immediately, I'm so lucky I have this back injury, you know, and our bodies respond to that. So that's new for me. And I'm super great. Well, I have back pain, so I like that, but I would say that's inspiring to me because that's one of my old triggers was being tired, too tired and, and a time of performance, like, mm-hmm. you know, on stage or whatever it is. And like, you know, calls, coaching this and that and, and doing, you know, having to do that long morning routine and getting perfect sleep and all that. And, and, and it's been kind of a thing of like, you know, you're, you know, you're enough and, and, and you have everything you need. And, and really you can change your state no matter how tired you are. But it only solidified in concrete looking back at examples where, oh, I only had four and a half hours of sleep. But somehow, what was it that I focused on that got me stoked out of my mind and I forgot that I only had it? Like the examples are small, but totally get what you mean. Um, There's a bunch of things I want to hit here. So I would quickly like to hear your perspective on because you are such a spiritual person, such a conscious person, the idea of competition versus collaboration because in context when you're fighting someone i mean you're not you know you're not collaborating with them but then on the other side of it you're an entrepreneur creating amazing things you and i are sitting here collaborating with what we're doing not that we're in competition in any way but how what is how does that idea feel to you the idea of competition versus collaboration in your world in your life yeah, so it's interesting because for ADCC, I actually have a couple of girls that I normally I've competed against in the past or um, or I will in the future kind of thing coming to train with me to get help me get ready for ADCC. And approaching this, I wasn't sure how they were going to respond, but I knew for me it was going to be, if they were willing to do it, it was going to be a big help um, for me. And then also hopefully for them, like to have that experience of being in an ADCC camp. So I think that there are some things to be careful of like mine is like very specific because it's athletics so and it's combat sports so I have to be careful like not to bring in people who are going to try to physically hurt me and that is like a real concern that happens like when you bring people into a camp they might try to injure you or kind of like prove something and so I was pretty particular I mean because it's you know competition so I was pretty particular with who I chose um but what was really cool to see is every pretty much every woman I reached out to was like oh my god I'm so excited to be a part of this any way I can help like I am so happy to be so it takes two right it takes them being excited and wanting to be collaborative but it also takes me getting out of myself and not and and having the confidence to be like I'm not going to worry about what happens if we compete next year and now they have this experience with me on the mat and they know my you know, I'm staying where my feet are like right now, today, this is helpful for me. And I need to trust that no matter what happens in the future, um, I'm going to have the skills that I need to do my best job, whether they've seen my stuff or not, or whether they trained with me or not. Um, and as long as the energy is there 
then I think that that's really doable. And then even kind of shifting into like a social media thing, sometimes I do like collabs or like different like videos and stuff with people I would normally compete with. It's really just the energy. Like if I feel like there's a, um, like we both have that priority of wanting to collaborate and have it be generative, then it's totally fine. But if it feels like that's not the goal on both sides, then it probably just is not the right. Yeah. And if you don't follow Kendall, definitely follow Kendall. No matter if you, if you are attracted to this podcast and you're not following her and you're still listening, like you definitely deserve to go follow. It's just Kendall. Is it, is it just Kendall? It's Kendall Rusing at Kendall Rusing. Yeah. Yeah, At Kendall Rusing. So my last name is spelled like reusing. So it's really easy to remember, but it's K-E-N-D-A-L-L and then Rusing. Yeah. Yeah. So how does the world of jujitsu support you? as a woman and an entrepreneur and what's the biggest thing you want other young women to take away from your example? Man, there's so much to touch on there. Being a woman who's grown up in uh, male dominated combat sports, we've learned a lot along the way. And I have talked to a lot of women around this about this, but the number one thing that I'm actually still learning and adjusting to is noticing like some archetypes within myself that developed along the way to help me survive and succeed um, is one of the biggest lessons is that I would share with women is like, please don't work super hard to feel like you need to impress men all the time. Mm -hmm. Because in a male dominated sport, you feel like you have to be the cool girl, you have to be the tough girl, you have to be the one they like, you have to be the one they're attracted to the one they want to sleep with. Because if you're all of those things, then you get more attention, you get more Mm -hmm. opportunities, and you get like more, I would say respect, it's not real respect, it's kind of fake respect, right? Um, that's been a big, big lesson for me, even to pull back from doing some of those things or trying to be some of those things uh, to get attention. Because because what I would say now is that you do have to play the game a little bit as far as like making relationships, like negotiating well, learning business, understanding that. But if you can learn some business skills and then you're also the best in the world um, and you can command attention then you can be the best. You don't have to be well-liked by the best people. So that is um, probably a little bit vague, but just like the one-liner version of it is don't work so hard to impress people, especially men. Just do the parts of it that feel really good for you and worry most about impressing yourself. If I could go back and tell myself anything, it would be like, it would be just worry about impressing yourself. If you impress yourself, then the people that you want to have good relationships with, who you are going to respect and are going to respect you and are going to be long lasting people that are going to make a difference in your life long term. Right. And like, if you're doing it for yourself, those are the people that you're going to attract anyway. You know, if you're trying to impress everybody, then you're going right. to get a lot of bullshit to sort, to sort through. Right? right. And I've wasted a lot of time in like, relationships not like just friendships just people i've known or in situations i should i didn't i'm sad that i found myself in wasted a lot of time or obviously we learned through those things but spent a lot of time in those situations um because i was worrying too much about impressing everybody instead of like just impressing myself yeah i love that awareness around that archetype versus the previous one you know and the differences that's beautiful so with all the adrenaline of a match how do you regulate your nervous system when you're not fighting especially especially also not just the fighting stuff but with instagram being such a big part of our lives and especially yours yeah man this is a some a huge focus of mine lately is is regulating adrenaline because for me anytime i feel something uncomfortable my mo is to go to adrenaline every single time it's like <laughs> whether it's whether it's can i go train hard as fuck right now can i go do a lift um can i 
go on a trip? Am I going to just like run to the store and buy some stuff? Am I going to, when I was in my eating disorder, am I going to practice my eating disorder? Like binging and purging is a huge adrenaline rush. Um, and like, or am I going to post something on Instagram that's going to give me a big dopamine hit? Am I going to start a crazy conversation or reach out to this person? Like all of these kinds of things um, boost adrenaline. And I think that some of them can be used in healthy ways. But for me, I found like for right now is a great example. Like I'm injured. So a lot of my adrenaline sources are taken away. And so I may act out in other areas. So the way that I... Um, and, and like, especially I remember when, when I was healing from my eating disorder, a big part of that was like, how do I regulate my nervous system without this adrenaline rush? Um, and so I learned to do it in other ways. So now, like, again, I don't think, I don't think I was, I don't think I understood this fully until I was ready to understand it. So sometimes the message come, comes across as too bland. Like if for me, I used to think it was really annoying when people would say it this way because I just wasn't ready to get the message, yeah. but the message really was just slow down just slow down and listen just slow down like that phrase like i used it the other day i had an uncomfortable situation coming up i are come up and i and i heard some stuff and i was just like oh my god i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna do this and like i'm gonna take my mind off it by like going here and and i was like i got in my car and i'm like fully dressed i got in my car and i was like okay, we're practicing slowing down and you're feeling like a little bit anxious right now, a little bit of adrenaline to get out of this uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a deep breath and I'm sitting in my car and I take a deep breath. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take two more deep breaths. And then I take two more deep breaths. And I'm like, I'm going to take five. And then I was like, I'm going to take 10. And then the key, this is where it got to the right point. After like 10, I was like, I'm actually going to sit here and I'm going to take deep breaths until I just, until I stop feeling like I have to count to a certain number. And so I I have to pre-plan it. Let's wait until I actually get regulated. And then I was like, I got to, I did like a couple minutes meditation or whatever it ended up being. It was just me slowing down. And I was like, okay, I'm going to still go do this thing I was going to do, but I'm going to do it a little differently than I planned. And I'm going to do it in a calm way. And I'm going to listen to this music and I'm going to call my friend and I'm going to talk about this thing that's going on because it's really frustrating me. And honestly, a couple hours later, I was like, fuck it. All right, cool. Like I actually let myself feel really uncomfortable. Like, okay. And it passed. Imagine that. But if I had done the adrenaline thing, then it probably would still be eating at me, you know? So yeah, just slowing down is as basic as it gets, but it's the easiest tool we have because we can do it anywhere we are at all times. I love that. And, and so I was going to skip over this for time's sake. because There's so many things I want to ask you, but it kind of feeds right into what you were just talking about. And that's, I see these two characters that you embody you know, and many might wonder, and if you, you can be as long as you want or as brief as you want with this, because we might have already covered it, but many might wonder what switches in the mind when you go from Kendall, the sweet sage, who I know is just like the warmest person, even on all our calls from like ball, team ballers, like here now, you're just like, and on social, you show up with just this, this sweet, humble, like, I, I can't believe you guys tune in to watch my life. And like, just this you know, this sweet, humble vibe about you. How do you switch from that to, and it might just be those anchors we talked about, to Kendall, the woman warrior, as you prepare for a match, or as you're about to go on? (laughs) Yeah, I love studying archetypes, because this stuff is fascinating. Like, we can embody so many things, and we can try things on for size. That's it, yeah. It feels good. Um, 
I have rituals that help me get into that space. And so for me, like every tournament day, typically, no matter where I am in the world, I try to make it look exactly the same. And this comes from trial and error, like especially for any athletes out there, or even if you just want to have a good workout, um, or maybe like you're going into a meeting or, or something like that, like where you need to kind of embody that badass feeling, um, is trying on for size in a practice setting. Like, so for me, if I go into training, I like, I would try on just like uh, as basic as it gets, like there's so many examples, like listening to certain songs right before certain things I'm saying to myself, my morning routine that day, what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, um, how long before the match do I take my headphones out? What am I wearing? Um, what am I thinking? What am I drinking? What am I feeling? Uh, who am I surrounding myself with? What does my warm up look like? Like, what is that process? And, um, and really what is the self-talk and the body language and what am I doing to warm up? Because the truth is I could jump off a couch at any given moment and have a great match right but that's like i don't need the perfect warm-up because of my body you know i need it because of my mind <laughs> um i mean body too but so so i would say like i have rituals that that switch me into that and i also have rituals that switch me into um like kind of more of this mode and that's really about slowing down and for me it's actually interesting because it's extremely feminine and extremely masculine like i'm mm -hmm. doing a lot yeah. I'm in a masculine energy right now and they're in my with my therapist and she's been she's a Jungian psychologist so it's really uh some depth psychology stuff there but my like some of my archetypes are extremely feminine extremely masculine they're not very balanced so when I'm not fully in one or the other I can kind of like got it be all over the place <laughs> so um just accepting that and knowing that there's a lot of of both within me creating rituals and and routines around mm -hmm. getting me into those and um, then once I do it a couple of times, it's beautiful because I can rely on that switch. So like one thing I said recently when I competed, not not ADC trials, but a couple, like two things before that when I fought in the UK is I, I messaged my coach and I was like, yeah, my back hurts, but like not really even that. Like I just don't really feel on, but I know that the day of like I know how to turn it on. I know I'm going to turn it on. So like I know how to make that switch, but here's how I'm feeling right now. So also like letting myself be in reality and not pretending. Cause when I go into pretend mm -hmm. mode, I'm like, I'm the warrior, I'm this, blah, blah. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't believe it. And so then if it's someone who I'm going to kill in a match, it might not matter. But if it's grindy and I'm having a uh, pushback, then my subconscious, like it knows I'm pretending, you know, mm -hmm. like I can't fool myself anymore. Right, I know right, too much, right, right. right. So it's like, I don't need to push any of those feelings away. That helps me also get into that mode of just accepting where I'm at and then being like, okay, this is real. This is valid. This is fine. And now, boom, switch on. We're going to act as if and do the things and I'm going to be able to go into them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And really the awareness is around those different archetypes. And is this really what's going on and just being with the experience? It's what I'm hearing. And so uh, as you hit, we'll jump right into this one. As you probably guessed, I'm a huge advocate for working with a therapist. Tell me about your first somatic therapy experience. And was that the first type of therapist that you've seen? And of course, yeah. you only have to go into what you want to go into, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I So I've done a lot of therapy over the years um, and different like modalities of things, like really like broad uh, span. Like I do a lot of physical therapy. I do a lot of acupuncture. I do a lot of um, pretty much every healer or like body person I have in my life, whether it's my strength and conditioning coach, my coaches in jujitsu, um, my, my traditional therapy, my mom, like the most important people uh, in my life are all healers that have great communication skills and um, a lot of empathy and like are really able to like tune in. And th that's just who I um, choose to support myself with. And so that being said, like I've done a lot of stuff over the years, but 
this was the first time I did like a traditional like somatic therapy experience. Um, and that I, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it, so I don't know how often it looks different than others. But in this experience, what she had me do um, is we kind of revisited some past versions of myself and also some future versions of myself. And she used, I think, a little bit of like hypno techniques in there where she would snap, go there now. And I've never experienced something like that before. But I think because I was so open, I was so like just ready to like, I, I was, I, I didn't go in with expectations that my mind was so pliable in that moment that it was so effective. It was like, boom, go there now. And I was there. I was like, damn, like this is, but the best part, I will say the best part is we visited a 40 year old version of myself in that experience. And then she shared with me like, Hey, you can call back this 40 year old version of yourself anytime. Um, and just use it as guidance. And I'm so glad that you asked me this question because that has actually helped with the intuition as well with tuning into that. Cause I kind of check with her. I'm like, Hey, and, and, and I will say that I've tried to do this before. Um, and it wasn't as powerful, but this wow. somatic experience really made it so tangible. Like I could feel it. I could see it. I could hear her that now calling it back is so quick for me. Like it's I a new memory. I can really feel it and see yeah. it. And so I'm able to ask questions. Um, last night I was at the beach and I had this like beautiful experience where I was like, please just let any negative feelings or energy that are no longer my own just kind of be released from my body. And like I saw myself pushing it into the ocean and just dissipate into the water. It was a beautiful experience. And immediately without even trying, I had this thought of um, this 40 year old version of myself being like, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm so proud. It just came to me on my own. That's amazing. So it's been really cool. Like, and I've only had a couple sessions with this lady. I love and that. You, wait till you see, and I'm rushing through to get the, I've got to get the, like, I'm going to get through the rest of these questions. I know I will. Um, and that, what you just share, you'll see in a second. That's too funny. <laughs> and you're not far. Like I'm, I was at a Santa Barbara beach yesterday and you're, in, you're in Newport beach, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not too far. So what would you, all right, I'm going to roll through some of these. So Perfect. what would you say? If I was someone with fear and anxiety, first getting started to do something, because we have lots of new side hustle bosses and entrepreneurs listening in. And you know what? I'll roll the second question right into this. And well, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there for a second. What would you say to that person who is just. Yeah. Let's do some rapid fire because we've been digging and I, but I, I can switch. I think this is cool. rapid fire. I know <laughs> you can. <laughs> I'm, the one. I'm the one who needs to, <laughs> I'm saying I'll do my best so we can get. How many, okay. How many minutes do you have? Like have, max. let's just plan to get through the rest. I think we're good. Yeah. There's not a ton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be good. And I'll, and I'll be fast. Cause I, I think these are really good questions and I appreciate you asking them because it really helps me reflect on my experience too. Oh, good. Um, I would say, that the number one phrase that has changed my life in the last 12 months, because I've had a lot of freaking life changes back to back to back, is you can always change your mind. You can always change your mind. You can always like, change your mind. That phrase is freaking magical to me. You can always change your mind. Fear and anxiety, it's like, you know, you, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't tell you that the worst thing you think might happen won't happen. I don't know. Maybe it will, you know, it might, but you can always change your mind. And one thing that my sponsor has told me over the years is she's like, Kendall, I know you, I love you. And you will always land on your feet because of the person you are. You will always land on your feet. doesn't matter. Like when you talked about the money thing earlier, that is, of course you can make light of it. Now those situations, they're scary. They feel lonely. They're so hard. They're devastating. Like you, 
like those two phrases, I can always change my mind and I will always land on my feet. I'm resourceful. Like those two things. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take yours too and add it to the arsenal. For me, what got me through it is a different version of it. It's like, why is it so easy when things get like in the forest, in the woods of the contrast? It's like, why is it so easy that everything's always working? Mm. Why is it so easy that everything is always, everything's always working out for you, isn't it? I'm always supportive, right? Everything's always working out. But I'm going to add yours into that. Hell yeah. Um, Have you ever had to overcome, because, okay, I'm going to ask you, have you ever had to overcome procrastination and in what area? Because I assume most people think, oh, she doesn't, she's never procrastinated (laughs) in any area because she's a champion. Big procrastinator. Um, But I will say that procrastinator is a good teacher. I've actually learned this lesson from watching Gary Vee's content and it really opened up my eyes to this, that procrastination is a teacher and it kind of steers me away from things that I don't actually enjoy doing (laughs) because when they're like, it doesn't mean you never have to do stuff you don't want to do because there are things like, I don't want to deal with my taxes. I don't want to deal with certain things like that. (laughs) Um, But usually when I'm procrastinating around something, it's trying to teach me that like, this is not something I need to keep doing over and over and over. Um, Not always, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of resistance due to fear or anxiety or things like that. But most of the time it's because I don't actually want to do it or it's not a skill set that I enjoy or something that I'm strong Mm -hmm. at. But then I have two options. Am I just going to like kind of like learn how to do it, hustle through it and get it done? Or am I going to um, hire somebody to do it for me? Or am I going to like outsource or am I just going to cut it off? Those are three options. Some things you can't cut off like taxes, <laughs> but those are three things. Um, and I would say a lot of those things, like this is so funny, but my like folding laundry and like doing some cleaning stuff around my house, I've done that for like a long freaking time. And now that I'm in a position to be financially able to hire somebody else to do it, I do. And I don't feel bad about it at all because I'm like, dude, this gives me more time to do all the other stuff that I actually love. So do it. If you have to do it, hire out as soon as you can, because then it frees up your time and your energy. And then if you can cut it out, sometimes that's the best option. Cut it out. That's a fun little visualization sidebar side note for any of you entrepreneurs who are hustling to get up to, you know, to that first, to be able to go full time, to scale a little bit. That's a fun little visualization. Feel the feeling of never having to do laundry or meal prep again. It's the mm-hmm. best. I'm with you 100%. Um, and I love I love your perspective on that. So what life experience has had the single most impact on how you live your life now? Oh my gosh, that's big. That's a big, big one. Uh, if I had to choose one, I would say this actually just came to me recently. And it is my eating disorder recovery. Because I mean, I've had so much stuff with sports and relationships and family and, and, and just, just like everybody, we have big wide lives, have a lot of branches, but this one branch has been so powerful because it is an addiction. And so healing from addiction and also healing like the body and the mind simultaneously, the thing that it taught me, um, is how to, how to digest instead of going to adrenaline. And for me, it's actually, you know, it's perfectly said because I was um, a horrible, like a really extreme bulimic. And so my first step in recovery was not throwing up my food. And that meant that like whatever I ate, I had to own it. So we're using the word digest for emotions, but it was the same with food. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. I binged, I did this, I did that. Like I don't get to go over exercise and I don't get to throw my food. I don't get to use outside sources. I have to sit and digest this. Oh my God, that is so uncomfortable. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up. My stomach's going to hurt. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to own this and digest it and call somebody and ask for help and pray. 
that I don't have to do this again tomorrow because I don't need to do this to myself anymore. But that is the same as emotions. Just like I said about the thing in the car the other day, it was like, I don't need to go do some adrenaline thing to get rid of this, to purge it or to ignore it. I'm going to sit and I'm going to digest it and I'm going to feel it until Mm -hmm. it passes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just such a parallel in my, in my life now that I'm really grateful for to have learned early. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm really glad that because I know that there's so many people struggling with that. And it's really, I really appreciate how you, you share so openly and so thoroughly because that's a big deal. And, and I think that that will, the right person who needs to hear that piece will unequivocally be attracted to it. We will put that out right now as an intention because that's super valuable. Funniest thing is the next question you may have just answered, which was, what was the hardest pattern you've ever had to break? So if that was it, we can just skip to the next one. Yeah, I'd say I'm still learning, but it's um, not reaching for adrenaline when I'm uncomfortable, right? So yes, it's same, same, but also now more emotionally in smaller ways that are easier to get away with. I've done a lot of crazy, hectic versions of it. Yeah. Now I do sneakier, small versions, but mm-hmm. it's the same. I can relate to that with the addictive mind and the little dopamine being, and it's this subtle awareness. The more I do those practices, it's like, oh, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this thing or this thing's uncomfortable. What's what's some dopamine hit I can get instead? So I, I am, we are, we are kindred souls in that way for sure. Well, um, it's funny with that one because like sometimes you don't even know with me. I didn't used, to, I'm more in tune now, but I didn't know what I was doing. And so I would do something that was seemingly really out of character or just like not something like that yeah. I normally would do. And I would be like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why did I even do that? Like what? And then it took a lot of like a lot of therapy and self-reflection and and asking for help from mentors and being like, dude, what is going on? And it really just ended up being out of adrenaline. It's like, oh, you're uncomfortable. Your subconscious was like trying to scream at you and you weren't listening. And so you did something out of adrenaline and now we have your attention. I'm so excited for you for this because like you're 24 and- (laughs) Like you're and you're 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 embodying and integrating, uh, assimilating, integrating and embodying all this, and it's it's that's just that's so beautiful. So, what's one thing you do consistently to expand your comfort zone? Um. So right now it's funny because I'm actually in such a little like I I I just came out of like what I call like a wintering period where I was in this cocoon. Um, of a lot of lessons and pain and growth. Right. And True. Now I'm in this little like spring, like ooh, it's like literally in the last few weeks, I'm like, oh my god, I'm out. Oh, thank God, I'm in, I'm in summer and spring again. This feels so good. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So, but I would sense. actually say that right now, rather than expanding, um, I'm really grounding. And I think right. one of the hardest lessons for me to learn has been that growth for me is not usually about ascension and expanding because that's my MO. I'm like reaching, doing, accomplishing. Right now, growth for me is actually doing less and, mm-hmm. and listening and stripping away the things that I don't I love that. to myself and people who know more than me and building my rebuilding like my trust in my relationship with myself. Um, so the spiritual practice would be for me, the example right now of expanding because my physical life, like what I do for work and all that stuff is constant expansion. Right, so right, right now it's more of like coming home to me. Got it. Seasons of life. And that's going to be a big one because there are so many, so many people who listen and even people that I coach and it's, and it's like, you know, they're, they're unlearning that identity of, you know, my value is tied to how much I do and how much I grow. And like, that's my, 
you know, how much I accomplished. And so that's a beautiful lesson is those seasons of life and, and being and grounding. Um, so here comes that question that kind of relates to what you work with with your therapist. And this question was, what advice would your eight-year-old and your 88-year-old self tell you now? My eight-year-old self. I think, um, yeah, I think my eight-year-old self would just would say to just keep having fun and to, yeah, just do, just have fun. Like, just do what feels good. Just have fun, you know, for real. I try to, like, make, I would try to make it more fancy, but I really think at eight years old, that's what I would say. Like, yeah. listen, like, she wouldn't say, listen to your gut. That's what she did naturally. She was <laughs> that she wouldn't say that though she right. would just say have fun because to her that was listening to her gut right and then 88 would probably say like um just keep slowing down just keep slowing down and keep trusting yourself and um and build your and like build your team like build your closest relationships like expanding doesn't always need to be like reach the most amount of people and do the most crazy amazing things it's like build your build your very tight knit closest community possible. Um, and that starts with me. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Final question for the Align Boss Tribe podcast is what does personal alignment mean for you? Personal alignment for me means when I'm, when I'm aligned, when I'm personally aligned, I am living a life where I don't have to compromise my integrity to feel mm. okay. Um, and I've learned this the hard way a lot, especially over the last year. Um, when I'm aligned, I make decisions out of integrity. And when I'm not aligned, I feel pushed. It's not an outside person doing this to me. I'm doing it to myself, but I feel pushed into positions where I'm now making decisions out of that are not within my integrity to feel okay. And that all ties in to usually like the intuition and the adrenaline. Cause if I'm listening, if I'm aligned, I'm listening to my intuition. That means I'm not putting myself in those positions, which also means that I'm not making decisions out of adrenaline um, because I'm not putting myself in uncomfortable positions that I can't calm down. Yeah, absolutely. It's like our values are, I think I heard Peter Kelly say this, our values are gatekeepers to our alignment. And it's like, am I in integrity with those values? I love that. 59 minutes. We clocked them in. Yes, sir. I love it. So, Again, you guys can, if you go to kendallrusing.com, that's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-R-E-U-S-I-N-G.com. Did I get that right? Dang, good job. Um, yeah. get, I think not only can they sign up for Jiu-Jitsu Accelerator wait list, that's one thing, right? And then I think you have a new line of comfy, dope-looking merch. So if you're in the fight world, you should probably go get it now. And if you just like really dope uh, leisure gear you should probably go get it now too <laughs> thank you yeah if you go to the link in my bio too that has that always has all my stuff so in the in my instagram like the link tree there has a bunch of stuff too that's always really good like technique videos and all that kind of stuff thank absolutely you. kendall thank you so much it was such an absolute privilege and a pleasure to dance with you through this podcast it was so much fun thank you thanks for having me see you soon yeah see you soon